0: Well, this has ended up being quite an unusual episode that you're about to hear. It is, as you can see from when you press play, it's a much longer episode than a regular uh, uh, drift, and it's entirely devoted to something we've been talking to over the past couple of weeks, which is Restaurant etiquette. We had somebody get in touch with us, the secret waiter is how they wish to be known, and... Uh, we basically spent just over an hour chatting to him uh, about restaurant etiquette and your questions. And this week's episode is is that conversation. It's a long conversation. We decided not to edit it. I mm. thought it was wonderful. Yeah. So you're going to hear that. And then we'll be back at the end with the podications. Now, a couple of people did get in touch with me during the week saying, where were the podications on last week's episode? And the honest answer is I don't know something technical happened we are hiding it was undoubtedly my fault oh no but there was just three minutes of silence at the end so I'm Mm -hmm. sorry about that I'm sorry to the people who uh, had a podication for last week which if I remember correctly I was in tears at
3: yeah yeah. you probably won't cry when we repeat it no but we will
0: dig it out again for the following week we can't do it this week um, because we've got somebody else who needs one for this week but we will do it again on next week's episode but coming up next it's our conversation and your questions for The Secret Waiter.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If If Only in Theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: Well, I'm very excited about this. It is a special edition of Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Annabelle, do you want to explain what's going on?
3: So we have on the line a secret waiter, an anonymous waiter, who is going to answer all the questions and quandaries about what we should and shouldn't be doing in restaurants. And we've already got loads of questions. So should we just... Yeah, this is, hello, secret yeah. waiter.
0: Hello. Now, is is that your real accent or are you putting on a voice to uh, avoid detection?
2: No, there, there's uh, no voice modulator. This is my actual accent.
3: But he would so, say uh, that. So he would say uh, that. He would
0: say Exactly. Hanky <laughs> over the
3: phone. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have a handkerchief over the receiver of the phone? I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, So you wrote in saying that you listen to this podcast and you feel you can be of service to the drifters.
2: Yeah, I saw. I there's kind of a, a few things that have come up in the past where, you know, kind of listening at home, I've just thought, oh, I, I know the answer to that. Or if only they knew or, you know, I could kind of give a bit of insight there. And it, it kind of that happens every so often. And eventually I was just kind of on the train one day and listening and thought, you know what, I'm just going to write in and offer my services. And if it can be of any help, then, then why not? And, and how long have you worked in the restaurant trade? So I started working in the restaurant industry when I was 17, because you could start at 17 back then. Um, And I've been doing it ever since, on and off, for for lots of different restaurants, sort of high-end restaurants and sort of of middle-of-the-road and and low-end as well. Um, And I'm still doing it now, and I'm kind of in my 30s. So good 10, 15 years' worth of of restaurant time.
0: I love that you said low-end. Have you ever been in a a restaurant which has had like an F-grade food hygiene rating? (laughs)
2: I have to, I've never been anywhere that bad. Okay. Um I I've, I've been in a few very popular restaurants where you can kind of buy very cheap meals. Um sort of you know get a get a full meal and maybe something on the side from the salad cart shall we say for sort of five pounds six pounds so i wouldn't say that the food quality there is low but um it's somewhere that you know you kind of average person is, is coming in to, to spend their money
0: and, and something i something i worry about is using the phrase waiter or waitress is there, mm-hmm. is there a better phrase i could be using last week we were saying should we be saying server but yeah. I don't know that, that sounds like somebody who washes your feet or
2: something but What's, what's... That, that is very true. And um, within the industry, we we tend to say waiter, waitress, or server. Um, it's it's one of those. There isn't really a kind of politically correct way of of going about it. I suppose server would be the most politically correct, but I don't know a waiter that that hates being called a waiter or a waitress that hates being called a waitress. Um, and, we're, and we're all quite happy.
0: And you shouldn't you shouldn't shout garçon.
2: <laughs> no, garçon's not the best.
1: <laughs> no, but nobody never, has
2: ever shouted garçon at you though haven't. I've had people click their fingers at me before, oh, God. which is, is never appropriate. Um, a few people have had a, a couple of sharp looks from me before for that sort of thing. Um, and I have I had people that are very keen to use my name. Um, that's something personally that I'm not overly happy about. Uh, a lot of restaurants will kind of introduce staff to the guest. You know, the, your waiter, such and such, will mm. be over shortly. Um, you know, if you need anything, let them know. And they'll quite often just keep saying your name over and over. You know, Jeff, Jeff, can I get this Jeff? Jeff so so Jeff that's uncomfortable and over-familiar, right? It, it can be. It depends on how it's done. I mean, on on the weekend just gone, actually, I was in a, a situation where I had a lady that, that asked my manager, could I come straight over to the table as soon as they sat, because she was ready to order. And when I got there, it was my name, my name, my name, you know, and I was like, okay, well, what can I get for you? Oh, well, we're not sure yet. What we're going to have is, and they kind of kept me waiting. And they were like, what would you recommend? My name? What would you recommend? A name? And it, it was constant the whole way through, and it it became very over-familiar, very clearly. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost like making a point of using my name. It got quite embarrassing. And at the end of the meal, another guest on the table um, used my name again, but a different guest. And she just said, oh, could we have the bill, please? And just dropped my name into the conversation. And it's sort of natural as you like. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll just get that for you, my love. So it it really does depend on how you go about it. Um, It can sound a little bit sort of um, obnoxious almost if you overuse your servers name. Yes. They're not your friends. They're there to kind of help you through
0: your evening i've had it before now where i've been in a restaurant and i feel like i've for whatever reason i've had good rapport with the the waiter maybe i think this has happened to me on holiday so i've gone in mm-hmm. a place and had good rapport with the waiter and then at the end of the night i'm getting my coat on and ready to say goodbye and i think it, we're going to have this moment and it's it's like there was never any rapport between us or oh, we've gone in a couple of nights later and he doesn't remember me and then mm-hmm. you know I've, I've, i feel a little personally affronted by that
2: I can understand why. Um, it's a strange relationship, isn't it? I think, especially for British people, we, we have this whole kind of thing about class and, you know, kind of the way that we, we talk to each other and we interact. Um, and, you know, we think of people sort of waiting on us. That, that's kind of a, a strange experience to have. Whereas in other countries, for instance, France, they would think nothing of that. It's, that's quite a normal thing. Um, so I do think there's kind of a heritage thing here as well that, that sort of changes our attitudes in, yes. in the service industry. Um, that definitely plays into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I know that there are tables that I really hit it off with, and I really like them, and I enjoy their company. And sometimes, if they're regulars and you see them walk through the door, it, it can really brighten your day, especially if you're having a bad day. Mm. Oh, oh, I know that table's going to be lovely. The kids are polite. It's going to be a really nice time. You know, no problems. If I do make a little mistake, they're not going to make a big deal out of it. They'll they'll be understanding, and I'll, I'll sort it out for them. So people like that, you know, you you can get genuine rapport. I've actually had people that have followed me around restaurants before now, um, from one to another, and that we've kind of crossed paths a few times, and I know them by name, and they know me, and you know, we know a lot about each other. So you you, you do build up friendships sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but then there is obviously the opposite end of that where you feel very familiar. And actually, is just kind of being put on. And at the end of the night, when the waiter's tired and just wants to close down and go home, they yeah. they can sometimes let that slip. I think and that's that that's how it goes be for me.
1: Harsh. that's,
0: that, yeah, that's that can exactly be quite how harsh. it goes for me. I feel sad as well if if um, by the time I'm ready to leave, they've gone on their break. I think we yeah. never. Well, had a proper I always goodbye. make
2: a I always make a point as a waiter if if I'm covering somebody's section while they have a little break. Um, I always make a point of saying to the table, just so you know. I'm going to be your server for the next hour or so. Your, your other waitress has gone on a break. If you need anything, let me know. And, and quite often if they're tipping in some restaurants, if tips are not shared, if they go to the server, we kind of work it out around the midpoint. So if you've kind of taken them their food, yeah, if you've taken them their food, I mean, it's... Because
0: that's good like, to know because that's something I've worried about in the past yeah, is, uh, you know, no disrespect I mean, to the, the the fill-in waiter, but I wanted the one I had the rapport <laughs> with to get
2: the tip. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. I mean, quite often, if you, most restaurants that I've worked in and most people I know within the industry, the kind of general rule is if you take out the mains and you're kind of doing the sauces, desserts, coffees, the sort of latter half of the meal, um, the tip normally would go to you. Some people would share that tip. So they would just say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take a couple of pounds for clearing the table and looking after them. The rest is yours. Or they'll ask the waitress, do you mind if we split it? Or they'll even say, oh, here's your tip from X table while you're on your break. And they'll say, oh, babe, you keep that or let's go halves or whatever. So it it all depends really on the the actual sort of incident incident itself. Um, But yeah.
0: I, I, we have so many... Uh, I, I personally have so many questions, but I don't want to tread on the toes of any of the drifters. So, Annabelle, what's what's the first one?
3: OK, Sarah needs your help. She says, A weird thing happened in a branch of a well-known pizza chain at the weekend. Five of us headed there after the cinema at about six on a Sunday. We've not been to this branch before, and I didn't know is how... it in Woking? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know how busy it was likely to be. So as we approached, I was relieved to see that only a couple of tables were occupied. We went in and waited to be shown to a table, and waited. There were quite a few staff around, only one serving customers, but they seemed oblivious to our presence. Time ticked by. We looked at each other, perplexed. Eventually, someone came over, and I asked for a table for five. The waitress asked if we'd booked. I replied, no. I stepped forward, expecting to be shown straight to a table. But the waitress studied the computer, then gazed round at the many, many free tables, then back at the computer, she did this repeatedly, her manner suggesting that this was the most difficult problem she'd ever grappled with. We looked at each other. Can she see what we can see? About 50 free tables. We were stifling giggles at this point, but I was also beginning to feel paranoid. Did we smell? Did we look like we had a horrible contagious disease? I thought we looked like the most unthreatening group you could ask for. Five people aged between 11 and 70, completely sober. What's wrong with us? The waitress kept looking at the empty tables, almost as if she could see crowds of people when there were, there were none. This was getting awkward. The silence was deafening. I couldn't make eye contact with any of the family in case I started uncontrollably laughing. She studied the computer again. She contemplated the empty restaurant. The silence continued. The tension was palpable. Our nerves were at a breaking point. Would she give us a table? At that moment, the only thing I wanted in the world was the opportunity to spend my Tesco Club Curve vouchers on pizza. Eventually, she reached a decision and said she would put two tables together for us. When this was done, we were called over to a pretty cramped table in the corner right next to the till. The only worst table was next to the toilets. We gazed out at the sea of empty tables in front of us. Maybe they had a lot of bookings tonight, we thought. Or maybe they expect to get really busy soon and a short-staffed. However, in the hour we were there, only two more groups came in. And, we were, and as we left, we glanced at the computer and saw only two bookings. There were loads of staff. We spent the whole meal trying to work out what had just happened. Do you have any idea, secret waiter?
2: Right, uh, I do. I have many an idea, uh, many, many of which have already been kind of crossed off the list. Um, the first one would have been if you're going in quite late, um, and it's near closing time. If it's been a very quiet shift, they may decide to close an hour or two early because they're going to save more money on staffing costs, sending people home than they are by sitting you down and taking money for your dinner. Okay. It doesn't sound like that was the issue no. because of the time. Yep. Um, the other thing that was mentioned was maybe if there were lots of bookings expected, that would be another reason. Quite mm-hmm. often, people will come into the restaurant and say, you know, we'd like a table. Sorry, we haven't got anything available but you've got loads of empty tables. Well, I'm afraid they're already taken or they're allocated or, you know, that, that sort of things. But again, doesn't sound like that was the issue. Could be, um, my most likely ones to go to here would either be they were short-staffed in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So it could be that they weren't actually able to cater to too many people at once. And mm-hmm. some restaurants will actually politely try and turn people away rather than have them dine and wait an hour or more for food. have a bad experience that they're then going to share with others. So that could have been the case. Um, I'd be interested to know if the food took quite a while to come out as well, Mm. Um, although that obviously wasn't mentioned. Uh, And the other thing it could have been um, would be possibly that uh, the, the member of staff was a new trainee. She wasn't quite sure about the booking system, and she was kind of fretting about where to sit people. Is it okay to sit them down? Is it not? Um But to be honest, with that many free tables, you just sit them down and work around it later. Um, so, yeah, those, those would be the things that would most commonly jump to mind for me.
0: So so is it possible that spite was at play? Because I I feel that sometimes I'll go into a restaurant and I'll, I'll get sat on a lousy table near the toilet when it's it's a quiet night, there aren't that many bookings. I can see there are other, it's not just like this one zone of the restaurant has waited. In fact, I remember once going into this restaurant in New York uh, with my wife and her parents and they've got these lovely booths uh, and it was one of these no-reservations places. So I said, uh, would it be possible to have a booth, please? And they said, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, we, we can't sit you in a booth. I said, why not? They said, oh, we don't take reservations, but somebody came in and asked asked about a booth. And, and it just felt to me like they were lying, like they didn't want to give me the booth. <laughs> so we sit at this table, and we're there for, for a long, old evening. The booth is empty the whole <gasps> time we're there, more than two hours. And I can't concentrate on my food because I'm <laughs> just glaring at the maitre d'. It's, it's, I mean, it's is, is there an element of power play that ever goes on with this sort of allocating of tables
2: there can be um it's normally not out of spite as such <laughs> um it's more a case of looking at staffing levels because restaurants are businesses um quite often if i'm left by myself um other staff get sent home because it's a quiet night and then we get a rush out of nowhere you will quite often get people wanting preferential seats. We'd like to sit here. We'd like to sit over there. Um, But if you're only one body and you're trying to give service that's of a good quality to lots of people, actually helps if people are in the same sort of area so that you can keep a quick eye over your section and see exactly what's going on across all of your tables. If you've got two people sat at the very back of the restaurant, one person in the booth over on the right, someone else down by the front door, someone else in the bar, it can be really hard to keep an eye on everybody at once. Um, but, you know, we. I think most places would always try and sit you where you would like to sit. Um, there are some people that are just stubborn and they don't want to sit you where you want to sit. They'd prefer you to be in the area that they want you to be in. Um, but I wouldn't say that's particularly professional. Um, normally, if I'm in that sort of position and I insist that, you know, the back of the restaurant is closed now, um, it's not so much out of spite, it's more out of... I want to have a good handle on what's going on so that I can make sure you have a good experience and and you're much more likely to have a good experience sat in this area where I can see what's going on and be on top of it than sitting in the table that you want, but you're away from everybody else and you might get forgotten or you might get overlooked um, or you might wait a little bit too long.
0: What goes on when you ring up a restaurant for a special occasion? It's a nice restaurant. It's got a beautiful view. Mm Perhaps of the sea or a river or a skyline or something. You, mm-hmm. you, you're arranging a special occasion. So you're calling up months in advance. You say, Do you have a table for two on this evening? They say, Yes. So would it be possible to request a table next to the window with a view? And they say, Oh, we can't get, we can write, we can put a note down, but we can't guarantee that. I think I'm ringing you three months in advance. Why can't you guarantee that? Why is that <laughs> up to the May to D on the day?
2: Yeah, that's, that, to be honest, is really just to cover yourself. Um, it really shouldn't be a problem and most places wouldn't have a problem with with sitting you like that and allocating you the seats that you've asked for, especially if it's that far in advance. Um, it's just a case of if, for instance, a situation arose where, you know, that note got misplaced or it got removed from the booking system, or somebody sat somebody else on that table because they didn't check the booking system before they sat them, and then you turn up expecting your table that you asked for three months ago, you will get people that, you know, quite rightly perhaps would kick off about that. So at least if you said, we'll do our very best to sit you there, but we can't guarantee it, you're kind of putting in a little bit of a cushion there to kind of sort of protect yourself and, and cover your back.
0: And also, I suppose like, what if Samantha Janus and her husband came in one night, and, you know, just, to, and then they get the preferential treatment for being VIPs? Of course,
2: that does happen. That does happen. Depending on how classy the restaurant is, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that at play. Is
0: it the more classy the restaurant, the more of that at play?
2: Um, possibly. It depends. It depends. Um, it really depends on the culture of the restaurant. Um, yeah, you you will get some places and some brands that are quite snooty. Um, and, you know, the way they are perceived is everything about kind of how popular they are and how much business they do. Um, but most places, even, you know, kind of high street chains, if if they've got nice views and things, wouldn't have much of a problem of, of kind of allocating those you know, seats. The, the restaurant, I mean, at the moment has booth seating, which as servers we all find quite uncomfortable, but people love to sit in it. So quite often they will come in and say, we'd like that booth. And it might be two people and it's for a table of six. Mm. On a busy Saturday night, I can't sit two people on a table of six because I need to fit in as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it is difficult. And it's one of those things, everyone's got a preference. Um, you know, we, everyone likes something different. And it's trying to weigh up the what the, the guest wants with the giving them the best experience. And, and unbelievably, sometimes those two things actually don't go together. Um, and it 's quite hard walking that that tightrope sometimes
0: i was in, I used to go for Sunday lunch in this restaurant in quite a nice area of London. The woman who ran it was called Fiona and I remember going in there one Sunday and it was already half one and it and, and there was, it was completely empty, so me and my then girlfriend and my brother had the only table in the place. This gang of sort of hooray Henrys in red chinos sort of made in Chelsea types come in. And as they walk in, they go, well, I don't think we'll have any difficulty getting a table in here. And she just looked at them and went, sorry, lads, fully booked.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i quite admired her for that. I've definitely seen similar things happen. Yes, I have definitely seen similar things happen. We've, we've had bookings before where people have come in to, to different restaurants. And if they've been absolutely awful guests um you know if they've if they've been really rude to staff or if they've been abusive or if they've not you know if they've argued about paying their bill, those sorts of things I have seen before where where guests have actually been blocked so that if that phone number calls up again for a booking they're just automatically refused <laughs> so it, it it does happen there is some of that at play, but most places um it's not a it's not a slight against anybody personally um but it it can happen it can happen.
0: All right, Annabelle,
2: do we have another one?
3: Yes. So, Roz says, do you say goodbye when leaving a restaurant? Is it like leaving a tip, a scale from cheery goodbye if you enjoyed your meal to skulking out silently if it was terrible? Or is it basic manner to say goodbye anyway? I never know where to say goodbye. I think
2: it's lovely when people say goodbye. Okay. Um, it's hard. It depends. I mean, again, it depends on that rapport. Um, if you if you've had a nice time with the with your server and you feel you've you've had a, a nice evening together, you know they've looked after you, you've gelled quite well, and the conversation has flown at times. You know, it's lovely to say goodbye. I actually had a gentleman the other week. Uh, lovely. A gentleman and three friends came in for dinner. Really nice. Really polite. We had a lovely time. He was very complimentary. And at the end of the meal, he came over to me while I was cleaning a table and, and said, "Thanks very much." Said my name and, and said, We've had a lovely evening. Thank you very much for your service, and shook my hand. And that was lovely. And for me, if they hadn't even left a tip, that would have been enough. That was so nice to be appreciated for the effort that I put in to making sure they had a nice experience. You know, other people will just sort of say a cheery goodbye as they leave and sort of throw their hand up. We're always told to say goodbye as guests leave to, you know, kind of finish off the experience. But you can always tell. When someone says thank you or goodbye in return, and it's genuine, and you feel good that you've helped them have a nice evening that that always makes a big difference, yeah, definitely.
0: Have you ever had that thing where somebody's sh- shaking your hand and and slipped you like a ten pound <laughs> note at the same time?
2: yep, that's happened, yeah, it's happened quite a few times. Oh, how do you feel when yeah. that happens? um again, it depends on the restaurant. I always feel a l- li- sometimes not always I feel a little bit awkward at, at times. I think sometimes people do it because they're insistent that you receive the tip personally. Yes. Which I always take as a great compliment. Um, But it always makes me feel a little bit awkward if I know that I'm going to get the tip anyway. And then I almost feel awkward on their behalf that they felt that I wouldn't get it, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, But it's, it's, it's very complimentary when you know that someone is that concerned about you receiving the tip that they come up to you personally and, and give it to you in your hand. Um, but again, it's, it's just that gratitude, you know, a lot of servers out there work very hard. I mean, I mean, there are always a few bad eggs, but a lot of people out there work very hard to make sure you have the nicest evening possible or the nicest experience possible. Um, and when someone is that kind of grateful afterwards, it, it does make you feel good about your job. Um yeah, it kind of reminds you why you do it.
0: That often is a big worry with me that the person who have been served by the most in the evening isn't going to get the tip. But I very, mm. very rarely have cash on me. So mm. I, I have to sort of leave it to the leave it up to the restaurant to make sure it's distributed properly.
2: Yeah, tipping tipping's an awkward one. I mean, it's kind of been in the media quite a bit over the last sort of year or two. Yes. Um I mean there have even been kind of political promises made about it by different parties and things. Um My general rule as a server working in the industry, if you're really bothered about your waiter or waitress getting a tip, take cash with you. Uh, They will always receive cash. If you leave cash on a the table, they can pick it up. They can put it in their pocket. They can take it home with them at the end of the night if that's their tipping policy. But what if, what, they're just, if, what yeah, if one of
0: the other people? You know, so you get the people who are the waiters, then you get the people mm-hmm. who do just clear the plates, and then you know, the, then you're not supposed to order from those people. You know, there's this whole hierarchy yeah. thing. What but if, we, we what if they runners, take what away the is. tray with the money and then put it in the in the in the shed? Put like I want the person. Who's serving me? If service is included, I want that person to know what a generous tipper I am.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things. It will depend on the restaurant. There are several different ways that tips are run within the industry. Most places that I have worked personally, we don't share tips. In fact, the, the vast majority of places don't share tips in the sense of it all going into one central pot and then being redistributed. Mm. That's quite rare. It does happen, but it's quite rare. What happens most of the time is that servers are responsible for their own cash handling, which means the company money that they take as well as their tips. And at the end of the night, once they've given the company the money that they owe for the the tables they've cashed off and that they've served, anything that's left over is theirs. And what normally happens is a cut of that is then taken out as a percentage and that is then shared with the bar for making the drinks, with the buses and the runners for running the food and quite often, as it should be, with the kitchen for, for preparing the food. Um, so some places that's 20%, some places it's 40%, some places it's different distributions for different areas, 10 for the bar, 10 for the kitchen, five for the buses. So it, it really depends. When it comes to credit card tips, some companies directly give every single penny of those tips to the individual server by the ID on their their um, sort of server ID as it goes through the TIL system. Some places will take the credit card tips out of the company's cash and redistribute it as cash to the server. Some places will take it, put it into their wages, which then means it gets taxed. And sometimes the company will take a cut of that as well. Um, so they will take a cut for breakages, things like broken plates, or if I and this for is the stuff where the the, like the
0: ethics of this have been talked about a lot. Sort of exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, this is where it's going to get very complicated. And, and some restaurants have now changed their policy from what it used to be to saying, well, now our servers get all the money that, that they're given. Um, and that then means that people think, oh, everywhere I go, the server gets the credit card tip. And that quite often is is not the case. Um, it's, it's a very kind of fraught situation at the moment. But as a, as a rule of thumb, if you're somebody that really cares about your server getting the tip, if you take cash with you, whether it be a couple of quid, £5 note, a few tenors, whatever it is you're going out for, if you've got it in your pocket they will get it and it's up to them whether they put it in the pot or whether it goes to them, etc. Here's, here's something I worry
0: about if I mm-hmm. get the bill and it says service charge included so say there's 12, 12.5% included, so there's mm-hmm. the total that I pay If let's just for argument's sake say it's a £100 bill just to make the maths easy so it of comes course, to £112.50 yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I pay that on the credit card. If I then have some cash in my pocket and think oh, I'm gonna leave an extra fiver for the waiter, I worry that the waiter thinks that I don't know the service was included and then I've just left a really lousy tip of sort of less than five percent. Is is that me panicking and and, re- and think it, overthinking it?
2: A little bit. Most servers most servers would just be grateful um to to have the cash tip because as I say, the, the cash is very much kind of under the server's control. So, you know, some companies, the same thing happens with credit card tips as happens with service charges. You won't see a service charge or you'll see sort of 5%, 10% of it come back to you in your wages and the rest goes to the company. Um, so it, it all depends on the, on the institution itself. Um, but if you, if you were to maybe be in that situation, what I would do from, from experience would be, you know, oh, thanks very much for your service today. I know we've paid the service charge, but you've been great. Here's a little something for yourself. Yeah. Grab yourself a drink.
3: Uh, Jerry's got a question about this. He says that my wife and I have an ongoing debate about restaurant-cafe tipping etiquette regarding small change. If I say if you're leaving a tip, then you can clear out some shrapnel by adding on whatever small change you want to get rid of. So, for example, if you're going to tip £5, then why not make it £5.16 or £5.23 or even £5.1p if you want. It's all just money in their shared tip pot. My wife says, no, leaving any coin less than one pound is an insult and she won't let me do it. Would love to hear your opinions.
2: So I would say leaving any coin less than one pound is an insult if the total is going to be less than a pound. If it's going to be £5.21p, most servers would just be taking the £5.21p. They'll have seen £5 and think, wow, I've made £5 off that table. That was a nice tip. And the extra can just go in there, float or go in their change or or into the sort of shared tip pot. So I think it, it depends on the amount. I've, I've quite often had tables where they've kind of had a two, three hundred pound bill. Service, in my opinion, has been good. They've not complained. They've not moaned. They've not waited for anything. And then at the end of the night, they've left me the change from the three hundred pounds, which is, you know, one pound twenty. And quite often I will make a point of taking that back to the table and saying, thanks very much, guys. There's your change. And if they say, oh, no, that's for you, keep it. I'll say, no, no, I insist. And I will leave it on that table. <laughs> that's a nice way of dealing with that. Could, I, could... I always try to be polite, but to me, that would be an insulting tip. Um, if it's a £300 bill and someone leaves £5, it's nowhere near 10%. But you know what? Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Right. So you know, everyone's budget is different. What everyone can afford is different. There there is no server now that expects to make ten percent on every table. We we average between six and seven percent, depending on the the kind of evening and the sort of area that you work in. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, my leaving- my jaw has
0: dropped at that. So. I mean, I, I, I would have thought 10% was the bare minimum. Like, I will, no, like, no. If, it's, if it's left up to, if it's not a service charge, if it's just a, a sort of tip, I will always tip closer to 20%. I mean, not, I'm trying to get some credit from you here, but people <laughs> tip
2: less than 10%. Oh, yes, very often. It, it depends. It really does depend. I mean, I've worked in restaurants where I've made 150, 200 pounds a night um, in tips alone. Um, just from kind of 10 tables all night, just turning them, turning, turning them all the way through the night, you know. Um, And I've maybe taken two and a half, three thousand pounds for the company and I've walked out with 200 pounds in my pocket plus some maybe credit card tips. So, you know, you're getting near to the 10% there. Um, But for every table that will leave 10 or 15%, you will have one that will leave six or seven um, and, and, you know, again, it, it does come down to the the level at which you're serving. If you're in a very high-end restaurant with people that have got a lot of money, they're not even going to consider it. 10%, as you say, is the bare minimum. 20% if they want to flash the cash. If you're in a kind of run-of-the-mill sort of pizzeria on the street or a big company or a chain, people start to watch their pennies a little bit more, you know, especially since the the kind of, um, sort of de- not the depression, but the a few years ago crunch, when we all kind of yeah. hit hard times, the credit crunch, that's right people have watched their pennies more and if they haven't really got the money to go out for dinner in the first place and they're kind of scraping that 50 60 pounds to to kind of go out and treat themselves to dinner you know it might be a birthday meal that they they wouldn't have gone Mm -hmm. out for but they've been invited and they feel rude if they don't go so you know we're gonna go they they then don't want to leave another six seven pound on top for what they feel maybe is is someone's job. A two or three pounds is is a thank you. It's a polite thank you, but it's obviously not the ten percent. And most servers now, as a result of that, in my opinion, from from what I see and the people I talk to in the industry, we don't really expect to make ten percent. If you make ten percent at the end of your night from from the t- the money you've taken for the company, you'd be quite happy.
0: Wow, I think I think like when I've been skinned I've just sort of thought, well, the ten percent is. Is, is the bare minimum. So if I can't afford the 10%, then, you know, I'll I'll meet you for a drink or I won't go out or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really
3: surprised. Are you surprised by that? I am quite surprised. Yeah, I thought everyone gave 10%. And you're quite minimum. tight. I mean, yeah, you're that, a tight person. I know. I'm I know. very generous. I, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't pay more than 10%. I, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> All right, what's next? Okay, let's go back to Roz. She says, if a member of staff asks how you are, are you obliged to ask how they are? In normal conversation, I would, of course, ask how someone is, but that is usually because I know them and I want to have a friendly interaction with them. So do we say, how are you back? What are we supposed to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, most, most of the time I'll, I'll kind of start with the table and say, you know, good afternoon, evening, guys. How are you today? You'll obviously get the sort of obligatory, oh, we're good, thank you. Most people will then say, and how are you? And I'll just go, yeah, great, thanks. What can I get for you today? And it's kind of straight into kind of the business side of things, Um, especially if it's busy. You may find if it's a quiet day, your server's quite happy to stand and have a chat Um, and they will kind of stop and say, oh, do you know what? I'm all right. Thank you. It's been a bit quiet. And, you know, we've not had many tables in. What have you been up to today? Have have you been off to the museum or have you been off to see the show or whatever it is that's kind of going on uh, at that time? so you know kind of be you can kind of be guided by the server but i mean by all means ask it's it's just polite if you were going to do it in regular conversation feel feel free to ask your server okay. they they'll be make it quite clear if they want to stop and have a chat um or if they sort of need to sort of be polite and and breeze on by because they've they've got things to do okay so i would really, worry about really
0: that depend. i would worry about eating into your time mm-hmm. i'd also worry that you know what what if there was a follow up question and i didn't have good small talk <laughs> didn't have good way to banter
2: the thing I would say is that as a kind of general rule for, for kind of drifters especially is no matter how many times in your life you eat out, you could eat every single meal of your life out for the rest of your life in a restaurant. You are never going to go through that process as many times as a server has and you're never going to experience it with so many different types of people with so many different types of needs from different countries, different cultures, different languages, uh, different cuisines. So in general, your server's got it covered. They, they will move around you. Um, they'll, they'll kind of pick up the cues from you of what you need, and they'll kind of fill in the spaces as necessary. I know if I'm really busy, I'll keep the small talk to a minimum. I know how to kind of shut a conversation down politely, quite quickly, if I need to get on with the business of what can I get you I need to move on to the next table. Um, And if if I've got the time and I want to have the chat, I will make sure that you know that and I'll kind of provide the opportunities for you to have that sort of wider open, more open conversation. So in in general, kind of relax on that one. Don't worry, your, your server's got you. If they know what they're doing, sit back, relax, and, and let them take care of it. Don't don't worry about it too much.
3: Okay. Ros always wants to know, also wants to know, is it obnoxious to ask for chopsticks in an East Asian restaurant if you've been given a fork?
2: I wouldn't say so, no. I would, I would expect there to be some chopsticks on site. Um, I think normally in that sort of situation, most of the time a fork is provided because that's what they're thinking the guest is going to need or going to feel most comfortable with. Um, I wouldn't say it's obnoxious. It it would depend on on the server. If it was someone in an East Asian restaurant sort of from that culture and from that style of cuisine, they'd probably be quite happy to see you eat it authentically. Um, So they probably wouldn't sort of sneer down their nose at you. They'd they'd kind of think, oh, that's that's good. Someone's going to make some effort. You look professional. Um, So no, I wouldn't say it's obnoxious.
0: Okay, good. So I've had it the other way around where I've got this weird thing where I don't like eating off wood, unfinished wood. It -hmm. uh, it gives me goosebumps. So I've been in a... um, a Chinese restaurant or a Japanese restaurant where they've given me chopsticks, but they're unvarnished wood. And then I, mm. I have to ask for a fork, but I want to try and convey, I'm not asking <laughs> for a fork because I'm culturally ignorant. It's because I don't like the, t- the texture of wood on my tongue, but it's mm. very difficult to explain that in a way that doesn't make the person serving you think that you're insane.
2: I would agree with you there. That's quite a hard one to convey concisely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I can get where you're coming from, though. Um, But the thing is, again, they've seen it a million times. You're not going to be the first person to come in that day asking for a fork. I know, but Um, I don't want to be one
0: of those people. You know, the the, the usual type of people are
2: asking for a fork. Yeah, it's very easy, I suppose. I mean, I, I know that sometimes I sort of lump people into groups quite quickly from from certain things, you know, and you kind of go, oh, they, they want this, what a surprise, you know. So it, it does happen. But you can always kind of counter that later with something else. So, for instance, if you feel like you, you've kind of made yourself one of those people, if you're then very complimentary about the food when they come back later, that might sort of soften it to, oh, actually, you know, they've really enjoyed the experience. Right. So, you know, maybe they just struggled with the chopsticks. Right. You know, so, you know, don't sort of panic about it. But there, there are ways of kind of it's not a zero sum game. If you take away from somewhere, you can kind of give back somewhere else. Right, 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 right.
3: OK, let's move on to Gordon. He's got a lot of questions. The first one is about booking. What's the etiquette for making a booking when there is no online booking service available? I often feel like my telephone call is an unwanted intrusion and the staff member would rather be doing anything other than talking to me. Am I calling at the wrong time of day? Are they looking for some polite small talk before I get around to the business of the day? How can I make this interaction less awful?
2: Mm, That's a tricky one.
3: Oh, is it? Um, Okay. It's a tricky one, yeah. As a server... um,
2: Quite often, answering phone calls can be a real pain. Could, I, I do get the impression when,
3: when the phone yeah. is answered You get the vibe, yeah.
2: I mean, you, you certainly shouldn't get that vibe. Um, I would say that's that's not very professional on the part of the server if you're mm. getting that vibe, but yeah. I can understand how it happens. You could be in the restaurant for eight hours working your shift and it could be absolutely dead all day and you won't take a single phone call. And then the one moment when it starts to get busy out of the blue, that's when the phone starts ringing. It's it's almost supernatural, and it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It always seems to be when you're at your busiest that the phone call comes through, and it's just another thing to juggle into into your sort of flow of service. Um, it, it's a difficult one. That one. Uh, I mean, most of the time, as long as you're polite and friendly on the phone, and you're quite clear about what you need, most servers will will kind of get through that call quite quickly and okay. sort of hopefully meet your needs.
3: Okay. Uh, more questions. What is the appropriate response when one member of your party decides to take charge of the process of taking orders and point to each person in turn silently to indicate that it's their turn to tell the waiter what they want? Is there a secret signal I can give to the waiter to indicate how sorry I am and that I know they are perfectly capable of eliciting this information without assistance?
2: hmm interesting um i personally as a server find that really irritating those people really irritate me yeah (laughs) um i'm trying to get to know my guests and if you're going to put yourself between me and the rest of the table you're making the meal about yourself you're not making it a group experience and i find that really hard to deal with um if i can't talk to people and i can't have a little chat with them about their food it's very hard to get a grasp on who they are what they like uh, and the sort of experience that they're going to need. Um, so yeah, I, I and I think as a guest that can be quite irritating as well. You almost feel to like being bossed around by a school teacher rather than than actually enjoying your meal with your friends. Um, I mean, a little eye roll never goes amiss. <laughs> that's that's what I do. If somebody, if yeah. I feel some, because I think you
0: know, I, I, you you can tell a lot about a person. In fact, almost everything about a person by the way they treat a waiter. But. Yeah. Um, if if I am with somebody in a group who I feel isn't doing a good job of that I'll try and catch the the eye of the server and do a little eye roll. So that goes down well, does it?
2: It does it does because you know you know your friend can be a bit irritating. We've met lots of people like your friend that's a bit irritating. So we know it, you know it, they don't know it. That's fine. Little eye roll, that's enough. Or sometimes a really sort of a really sort of um what's the word I'm looking for? A sort of genuine smile as you pass your menu back. Right, the yes. That- Yes. Thank you, you know, with a little sort of wink or a nod. Yeah. Always goes amiss. You'll you'll find quite often you'll receive one back from the server if you're in that sort of situation. Right. Um, a sort of a mutual understanding of, wow, they're a bit full on. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, again, it all depends on the situation, but I've, I've definitely been in that experience a lot of times. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I can appreciate that one.
3: Is it weird if my wife and I order the same thing? No, not at all. Right. Good. Oh, good. I, I would worry about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. I've always no. worried about that. I'm being yeah. boring. might be the best thing on the menu. Ah, OK, good. Right.
2: What
0: if, and I'm not at this point in my life at the moment, but I have been, what if I ordered two main courses, would you judge me?
2: Uh, that was I the next judge. question. No. Do waiters ever wouldn't judge you for ordering too much food? Um, the restaurant I'm in at the moment, we get quite a lot of tourists. So language barrier can sometimes be a little bit of a problem. And I quite often get people coming in ordering three or four main meals for a table of two. And now it's happened so often, I'm aware of it, and I kind of guess why it's happening. They want to try a little bit of everything because they may be only going to be there once. And they want to experience a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I kind of understand that now. But because of the language barrier, it can be quite awkward sometimes where you have to kind of go, you do understand that you're ordering four main meals. For for two people, and that's not so much a judgment. It's just uh, I'm checking I've got this right. But you've because... got
0: to be careful that people don't feel like they're being food shamed.
2: Exactly, because if if these four meals come over and you only wanted one or two of them, you know my boss is going to be annoyed at me for the food wastage. So it, it's one of those where you have to kind of you know it's not a judgment. It's more about I'm just clarifying that we are only having one meal to share between two people, or we are only having four. We are having four meals to share between two or three. Um, but normally there's not judgment there. If anything, your server's quite happy if you're buying more food because if they're kind of on a point system or they're trying to upsell or they're being told to upsell by their boss, if you've got two covers, that's two guests sitting at a table and they're buying four meals, your spend per head goes way, way, way up. So your average for the day will look much better to your boss. It looks like you're doing your job better. You're selling more food to the people that are in the restaurant Um, and that can only be a positive
0: have you got any questions on recommendations um no so so what about when um a waiter says oh i'll just tell you my favorite thing on the menu is dot 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 and i I always feel like i'm rejecting them if i then don't order that
2: um it depends on how you do it i mean it, it depends i quite often get people that come in and say I'm thinking about having this or I'm thinking about having that. You know, it's kind of between these two dishes. What do you think? And quite often, if it's in that situation, I'll give a genuine, honest opinion because I think we well, already pretty much know what you want and I'm going to nudge it towards what I think is the slightly better option. If they then turn in and say, oh, do you know what? No, I am just going to go with the other thing. There is a little bit of, well, why did you ask me then? You're obviously capable of making up your own mind. Right, right, right. Um, but if someone just says to me, I've got no idea what I want what do you think? And I suggest something and they go, oh, I don't really like that. Then obviously, well, I didn't know that. So I'm not going to take that personally. You know, Uh, quite often people will say, I'm going to have this, is it any good? And I go, well, do you like spicy food? I don't know you. So (laughs) if you like spicy food, then yes, it's going to be a great thing for you to eat. If you don't, then no. So, you know, the more of an idea you can give me as your server of of what you like, the better I can guide you. And if you don't want to take that guidance, that's, that's absolutely fine. That's your prerogative. You're the guest um there's normally not a judgment in that situation but if someone's very kind of insistent on i need your feedback mm. and then they sort of flip-flop the other way you just kind of think why did you ask me
0: <laughs> and, and and what about if you're reading out the specials and i can hear that you're reading a, lot, a load of meaty things i'm sitting there as a vegetarian um do do i just politely listen to them or should i say oh just let you know i'm veggies so that i'm not wasting your time
2: You can do. I mean, normally if it's a special, they're being read out to every table. So the the waiter's kind of got their patter down They're They're ready to go. They're going to get through it quite quickly anyway, and they're they're ready to go. So you can just sit politely and listen. That's what I tend to do. You can even add at the end, oh, actually, I'm vegetarian, so I won't be going for that dish. But the other one sounds great. Or, oh, thanks very much. Thanks for letting us know. Um, so, you know, I think that's perfectly perfectly fine and polite. Okay. Um, but, you know, if you, if you did want to interject and say, to be honest, we've sort of looked at the specials and there's not really anything we want there. The waiter will be quite happy to kind of move on to the, the next thing.
3: Is it better to point at an unpronounceable item on the menu or to have a go and see what happens?
2: Depends on how confident you're feeling. <laughs> if you're feeling a little bit if you're feeling a little bit sassy, always go for it because a waiter will get great enjoyment out of watching you say it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, not, and they'll normally and they'll normally have a little joke with you about it afterwards. So if you give it a real kind of a bit of gusto and really go for it and completely mess it up, no one is gonna judge you. We're we're all gonna be happy that you gave it a go. Okay. Um if you're really not sure though and you you're feeling quite embarrassed about saying it, just point absolutely fine. Or even start it off. Quite often you'll find that if you start off the dish you know, so for instance, lasagna al Forno. If you're worried about saying al Forno, as soon as you say lasagna, your waiter will pop in and go, "Oh, the lasagna, great," or "the lasagna al Forno." They'll finish the sentence for you. So as long as you give them a good indication of of what the dish is, they'll probably uh, kind of finish it off for you. If you if you're not sure and you're worried, um, always just check. if there anything else on the menu that looks the same, that sounds similar? And if the first few words definitely don't sound like any of the other dishes, then you're fine because they're going to know which one you mean just from the very first couple of uh, couple of sounds. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it weird when people read out the whole description of the thing? My mum does this a <laughs> bit yes, yes, yes. go. She'd go, "Oh, can can I have the roast beef with the Yorkshire pudding and the mixed seasonal veg in a gravy sauce?" It's
2: incredibly weird. <laughs> it's incredibly weird. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I know what the food is. I work here and I'm glad that you know what you're eating. You've chosen it for that reason, but you don't need to tell me what's in the dish because I've had many attempts on it.
3: Oh. Okay, using the facilities, is there a best or worst time to go?
2: Um, not really. Oh, go
3: whenever
2: uh, you want. Yeah, go whenever you want. Just hopefully. Uh, they're they're being maintained well um it it always seems to be when i'm at my very busiest and someone wants to pop to me while i'm in the middle of taking an order and say just to let you know there's no toilet roll in the ladies loo no worries i'll get right on that um (laughs) so it it always seems to be at that point when you're busiest um but if the toilets are well maintained go whenever you want but what
0: about bringing the food out then are you using those things what they call cloches (laughs) that go over the top of the plates to keep them warm like you've
2: i haven't i haven't used the cloche so in general, most, most restaurants, and again, every place is slightly different, most places within the industry have set times for starters and mains coming out. So once you've ordered your food, if you know you need the loo, you've got a good 10-minute window there where you can get to the loo and get back before your starter's going to yeah. arrive, unless the restaurant's completely dead, in which case maybe eight minutes. So if you know you need the loo, my advice is either go before you order or order and then go before the starter arrives. That's, that's, Once that's the starter's arrive, yeah, you're set.
0: That's my technique. Always order, yeah. then go to the loo. What about, like, this has happened to me a couple of times, uh, when a restaurant doesn't feel like it's operating at uh, its optimum level, when you can see your food on the pass?
2: Mm. See, what I would say here is, if you're the guest and you're not having a very good experience, and waiting for the food too long is part of that experience, my personal advice would be to sit tight because then when that food arrives, it's not going to be up to par. And any server worth their salt is going to come over and do a 3 bite check. They're going to come over and say, how's your food, guys? Is it all okay? And that's your point to say, to be honest with you, no, it's not. It's really cold. And actually, I did spot it sitting up there for quite a while. Would it be possible to get it cooked fresh?
0: God, I mean, you know, I wish i be able... I don't know that I'd be able to say that. It takes quite a
2: lot of confidence to do yeah. that. I feel like if you see the food waiting and it comes to the table and it's not up to par, you've then got grounds to complain 100% and and you should feel confident to say, to be honest, it's not quite as hot as I would have liked... And any good server will jump in there and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Would you like me to warm it through? Would you like a fresh dish? Would you like me to change it to something else on the menu? Mm. Rather than sort of saying, oh, excuse me, I think our food might be up there. Because it may be a case that genuinely they haven't been able to to get there in time. Um, and, and quite often a good server, if they know the food has been sitting there for a while, they will take that into their own hands and say, this needs recooking. Or energy to flash fry this again, or this needs warming through. Can we check the temperature and make sure the food is up to standard? Um, so it, it, that's a tricky one. There's a, there's a lot involved there, surprisingly, for what seems like quite a simple, mm. quite a simple thing. Uh, my my advice there would be let the problem evolve because then once it is a, a definite problem, you've kind of got really solid grounds for for making a complaint. Whereas if you sort of preempt that the food might sit there a bit longer. People might think, all right, I'm, I'm getting to you. Give me a second. Right. And then it can make things a little bit fractious. Um, that's probably where I'd kind of stand on that one. But that's not a, a given rule for everything.
3: What was it you said about the three bites? Do you have, do you wait for three bites before checking if the food's okay?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of commonly known as the three-bite check or the two-minute check. Um, so lots of places in the industry run on that that standard. Basically, once the starters go down... You should be kind of keeping an eye on the table, give them a a minute or so, let them get a couple of bites in so that if there are any problems, they've encountered them, they've they've had time to encounter any problems. And then you can go back over and check. How is everything, guys? Everything good with your food? It's brilliant. Great. No worries. Off you go. Same thing again for mains. should really be the same thing again for dessert. But obviously, if you've had no problems with your starter, no problem with your mains and your guest seems to be quite content from their body language, most servers aren't going to check on your desserts. There's just no need. Chances are everything's going to be absolutely fine. And if it isn't, by that point, you know your server well enough to say, excuse me, this isn't quite right, Um, because they've already been kind of taking care of you throughout the meal and and showing concern for your experience. Um, But it's called the 3 bite check, yeah, which is why quite often you get that awkward incident where someone comes over to ask you how your food is whilst you're halfway through a mouthful. Which seems sort of to always happen, but it's actually very difficult to hit a table when no one has food in their mouth. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) On a similar note, are waiters aware of where you're at in a hilarious anecdote? Because sometimes (laughs) I will be, the table will be wrapped as I tell them a hilarious anecdote, and then the waiter comes over and and ruins the punchline. Are you
2: doing that on purpose? We're not. I did it the other day myself, and I hated myself for it because I could tell I interrupted a really good story. yeah, it's it's one of those where sometimes I'll approach a table and if I can see that it's an awkward time, the best thing to do is swivel on your heel, even if you look a bit stupid doing it, and walk in the other direction and pop back a few minutes right. later. But there are times where that's not always a possibility. If it's a really busy service and you've kind of got two parties of food that need to go through the kitchen and you need to make sure that the previous table's okay before that happens, you can't always wait the extra two or three minutes for, for that story to finish. So you have to kind of weigh up those situations as you go. Um, but yeah, it, it, it can be awkward. And I've done it a few times. And I've actually been brought into a few anecdotes before now where I've actually kind of found myself getting drawn into the story myself. <laughs> so um, so it, it can be an interesting experience. I've overheard some very uh, interesting things at tables before. Um, and there have been some very awkward moments.
3: Does anyone ever believe the line, oh, that was delicious, I'm just too full to eat it all? Or-
2: I do all the time. Yeah. Um, I kind of have to, because if I've come over and checked your food's okay, and you've told me it's okay, and then I come back later and you've not eaten it. My only real assumption is there wasn't anything wrong with the food. You must have been okay because you didn't call me over. And when I checked, you said it was fine. So then if you then follow that up with, oh, it was lovely. I just couldn't finish it all. I'm going to be quite content with that and and take you at your word, even if you're telling me a fib. And I would genuinely say, I know drifters maybe wouldn't want to pull anyone up on it, but if your food isn't right, please tell someone, especially if they come over and ask you, because there's nothing more irritating than going over to a table and saying, is everything okay with your food, guys? Oh yes, it's lovely. And then when you go over to clear the plates, just to let you know, this steak was really tough and fatty and the chips were cold and my mm-hmm. side salad didn't arrive on time. And then you, spend, you have no other option really as a server than to kind of think, well, are you just looking to get money off your bill here? Because mm-hmm. I came over, I checked, I did everything I could have done to ensure you had a good experience and you you didn't do your bit. You didn't let me know genuinely if it was okay. You've waited till the end, and now you're trying to complain to me about it, and and that can that can be very demotivating as a server if you've gone out of your way to to make sure they're happy with the experience.
0: And when the plates go back through those swinging doors, does everybody gather around in the kitchen and like look at the <laughs> sort of the salad that you haven't eaten? And thought,
2: Oh, guys, well, they, they what's don't wrong? do that. Why, why you, didn't he like it? You you get people examining food at times. Yes, um, I did work with a pot wash once who liked to take all the scraps of meat off the plate. To take home for her dog, so that was always fun because we had weeks and weeks of her clearing all the meat off the plate and putting it in a box, and we had no idea what it was for. (laughs) Um, And then one day she explained to us um, that it was because she was feeding her dog. So that that kind of made sense. That must have been a relief. A long long time. (laughs) It was a relief. Yeah, there were there were a few funny theories going around (laughs) the restaurant for a while until that was explained. Um, Yeah, but I mean, if there's something wrong with a dish, the, the protocol really is to take it out and leave it on the pot wash draw a manager's attention to it and they should really go and examine the meal themselves right. to sort of val- validate the claim if someone says you know my burger's raw in the middle you can't just throw that burger in the bin someone needs to go out and go oh god that is raw that's really bad how has that happened what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again and then obviously apologize to the guest and, and take the the necessary measures um you know because no one's perfect things do happen Um, Even places with the best food hygiene rating in the world, there are are mistakes or things don't go quite right. So, you know, you you have to be accountable for that.
3: Gordon also wants to know, is it okay to ask them to bring a card machine when they bring the bill?
2: Please don't do that. No. Why? 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 um, So I have to say, as I've been through the industry through the years, as a general rule, I've noticed that guests have less and less and less patience these days. We've gone from a, a kind of a, a, a country where we're happy to wait for things to, I want it now and I want it straight away and I'm busy and I've got things to do. And even the politest table can really spoil the impression they've given when they go, excuse me, can we get the bill, please? We want to go. Uh, and we would like the card machine as well. It, it kind of reeks of we're done now. We need to leave and no one else in this restaurant is as important as us going. It doesn't matter that that table need their food and that table need their order taken and those people are waiting for their drinks. We're fine. We've been sorted. And now we want to go as quickly as possible. So we want the bill, the card machine and we want to leave. And that is quite often how it comes across and it can oh. actually seem seem quite rude and quite you're like, you're like
0: a cat at the end of a one night stand
2: <laughs> yes! yeah it, it can be it can be very awkward I, in the place i'm at at the moment lots of people will get up from their table and just walk to the bar and they won't even speak to me i'll be stood next to them at the table next to them and they'll just get up and walk to the bar and i go sorry guys did you want the bill and then like, oh yeah we need to go okay well if you take a seat at the table i'll be right over with you and i'll bring the bill over for you oh, okay and can we get the card machine as well yeah, no problem, I'll bring it over. And even on those incidents, I will bring the bill separately and then I will go back to the station Mm. to grab the card machine and I will come back. The purpose being, you need to check your bill. If there's a problem with that bill, if I've made a mistake, if someone else's dinner has gone on there or I've brought you the wrong bill, I've seen it lots of times where people are in a rush to leave and they've paid a bill that's not theirs, they've paid for things they didn't have and then they're coming back in a couple of hours later fuming and complaining that they've been ripped off and x y and z and it's because they just haven't taken the time to check the bill
3: okay okay right. This so it's, it's so... about
2: allowing that bit of space you get your bill you've got a minute or two to have a look at it if you want to discuss paying a service charge not paying a service charge tipping have you got change on you all those little things you can take care of all of that while i'm wandering off to grab you a card machine and then i'm going to pop right back over as soon as i can
3: This is from Natalie in Wakefield. My husband always tells me off for tidying up the dirty plates at the end of the meal in a restaurant. I collect all the table's plates, scrape off any leftovers onto one plate and stack them all neatly to make it easier for the waiting staff. I only do this if I'm just with my husband and would never do it when with friends or any other guests. I suppose I do it out of habit as I'm always the one to tidy away the plates at home. But I also think I do it to be polite and helpful. Does this annoy the waiting staff? Do they think I'm a neurotic control freak who is doing their job for them? Or do they appreciate the help on a busy shift?
2: Personally, I appreciate it if it's done well. (laughs) If you stack nine plates on top of each other, um, that's going to be very, very heavy to lift. So it, it depends on how you go about it. And obviously, I'm not going to direct everyone on the perfect way to clear a table. Um, Most waiters are quite happy to do a couple of journeys with a few plates, but it is always seen as very considerate, and I would always appreciate the effort. What what normally goes through my head when I see someone do that, especially if it's a woman, I just think, mum, it's a (laughs) mum. At home, she's used to scraping the plates, picking everything up after the kids, getting everything ready, taking it to the sink. And I I kind of call that mum mentality, and I always kind of see that and think, oh, bless her, that's really kind of her to try and help me out. And sometimes it does make it more awkward, but quite often I'll I'll just make a joke out of that. And quite often they'll say, oh, sorry, I stacked the plates. Is that OK? I go, well, a bit heavy, but no worries. I'll I'll make two trips. Um, So it's not a problem. Um, It is appreciated, though. I don't know of anyone that would see somebody stacking the plates. I think, oh, you've made my life a lot more difficult there. Um, It's always appreciated. On on a little side note of mums, um, just to kind of go off on a slight tangent, if you've got children at the table obviously they're going to make quite a lot of mess children do make quite a lot of mess we're used to it we expect it but please don't leave your table like a bomb site there's mm. no excuse oh yeah it's something that it irks a lot of waiters when you kind of go over and there's mess left everywhere
0: because we always um, and offer I'm, and then the the waiter mm-hmm. will usually say no no please we're used to it we it, it's fine You, but i think the important thing is to offer
2: of course. I mean if you've offered and the waiter said, Oh no, don't worry, we'll take care of that. Take them at their word, of course. Um but the kind of extreme end of that is where I've seen people leaving mess everywhere. Sort of I, I had somebody the other week that actually changed their child in the changing uh, the nappy changing facility and then brought the dirty nappy back oh, to the table gosh. in a bag and left it on the table <laughs> um for me to clear. Um <laughs> And I've also had incidents where I've heard people sort of leave, leave the restaurant in an absolute mess, even to the point where children are sort of taking cutlery and napkins off of other tables and things. And then they've said, oh, it's OK about the mess. We've left a tip. And I find that really insulting.
3: Right. OK. Okay. Oh. So
2: it's it's not it's not a tax you pay for clearing up after your children.
3: Staying with the subject of children, Colin says, when I book a table at a restaurant for four people, two of which are my kids, is it then acceptable for me to order one meal for them to share or do I have to order them one each and then end up eating two and a half meals myself?
2: No, I I think depending on the age of the child, one meal is perfectly acceptable. If you if you feel that that's going to be enough for your two children, you go ahead. You know, there's no point wasting money on food you're not going to eat.
3: Okay. OK, uh, let's move on to Tony. Uh, we might have covered this, but you, you definitely, when getting the attention of waiting staff, you definitely don't want clicking fingers. You definitely don't no, want definitely. gas on. But then how, how do we do it?
2: So the nicest way is to just make eye contact. In, any good server, and as I say, there are some out there that maybe aren't so good, but a good server is on top of their section. They know what every single table is doing. They're constantly looking to see if the guest is trying to attract their attention and if there's anything they need. Sometimes just a bit of eye contact, a little nod of the head, just lifting the hand slightly off the table, not, not even putting your hand up, just kind of lifting it. as so, say, excuse me, you know, that, that is all it needs and any good server will see you. And if they can't get to you in that moment, most servers will just turn around and say, oh, sorry, give me two seconds and I'll be right back to you. Um, you know, no need to click fingers. Um, no need to kind of shout out names. Uh, sometimes servers will tell you when they leave the table, once they've taken your order, they'll actually say, if you need anything, give me a wave. If you need anything, just shout for me. Um, so, so quite often, just go with whatever they've said. Um, but, yeah, clicking fingers is a definite no-no. Okay. I've, I've shot some very nasty looks at people before for clicking fingers.
0: Okay, okay. I feel like I have, I have like, a force field around me where I just can't get eye contact. I'm that person. Mm. I'm raising my eyes. I would never me click too. fingers or yeah. wave or anything like that. But sort of have, you, have you
2: tried raising a hand?
3: Raising oh, is a that hand? okay? Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah, what so about so if I clap it, the like
2: hand? A, like, an excuse, <laughs> like an excuse me. So just excuse sort of, okay. just up towards sort of shoulder level. Yeah, and, so, well, and especially if they're walking by, because that movement will catch them out of the corner uh, of their eye. They'll think what's going on movement. over there.
0: I should yeah, jerk so, around so, so, a little. Just that sudden
2: movement. And if you follow it up with the eye contact, so if you're ready to make the eye contact and you lift your hand, they're going to look for the movement. And once they've looked in your direction, the eye contact there, excuse me, could I just get? Good to know.
3: Okay, Good to know. Now you've said that, um, it's totally fine to send food back that's not good enough. Mm. Are there any occasions at all in your long history where, out of spite, something has been done to the food before it comes back again?
2: Certainly not, no. Never.
3: I was that's a complete myth. Never happens. Because no, certainly here's,
2: here's not. I mean, one. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. I've never seen it happen myself. I've heard some stories. Um, I think quite often the imagination runs wild of how bad things could be. And however wild the imagination would run, it could never be that bad. Um, you,
0: you often hear th- th- this sort of urban myth about a gentleman's chef uh, mm. y- using part of his anatomy to <laughs> produce a particular fluid. I, I'm always sceptical as to how easy it would be to perform in that situation.
2: <laughs> it would be incredibly hard and in a very hot, sweaty kitchen, not somewhere you'd particularly uh, want to do it Surrounded by anyway. colleagues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right in front of your colleagues, on the line, yeah. on a busy Saturday night, not the place to go about it. No,
0: no, okay.
3: Okay, also from Tony, if we enter a restaurant and we're not sure whether we should seat ourselves or wait to be seated, what's the protocol? Always wait. Always wait. Yeah. If in doubt, wait. wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because
2: again, it's it's our job to make you comfortable and to look after your experience So if you're stood at the door, feeling like a bit of a lemon, and normally we would expect you to seat yourselves, we're not going to leave you standing there. Someone will pop over and go, hi guys, can we get you a table? Simple as. My general rule is to kind of wait. Much better to wait and have someone come over to you and sit you down and take care of your needs than for you to sit yourselves down and you've sat yourself at an awkward table or a table that's not laid and ready for you. There There could be lots of things that could go wrong by you sitting yourself. Whereas if you wait to be seated, that will always be seen as kind of polite and sort of waiting your turn and, and all those sort of things. So I, I, my personal advice would always be to wait. And I've been in that situation where I've gone to kind of cool, trendy little places and I stood there for a minute or two minutes and thought, oh, am I, am I supposed to sit down? Am I not supposed to sit down? In the back of my head, little voice always says, just wait. Someone will come over to you.
3: OK, uh, the last two questions are from me. Um, Jeff's already mm-hmm. said that I'm tight. Do you judge people who order the cheapest wine on the list? And is it true that the second cheapest is actually the worst wine?
2: Uh, it would depend on the wine list. I know of no wine list that's ever been put together where they've specifically chosen the second cheapest wine, made sure it's not as nice as the first one or the rest of the wines and put it second on the menu. Um, it's, it's quite often done more for sort of readability um, or, or by cost. Um, The cheapest one on the menu, as a waiter, from my experience, most of the time, that's what I'm expecting people to order.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, most people are going to either know what they like, and they're going to order a very common wine, which most places will stock because they want to sell it. So your whites, your Pinot Grigio, or your Sauvignon Blanc, people are going to know that that's likely to be on the menu. Restaurants know that. They put one on the menu because they know people are going to ask for it. Um, So it tends to go by trend. Um, if not most people will just say we'll have a bottle of wine we'll take the house wine and that's normally what what I would expect most people to ask for because even though I've kind of done some wine training and stuff in my career I'm still not as okay with wine as I would like to be and I think a lot of people feel very awkward about that Mm. Um, and as such they just ask for the cheapest wine and as a server in my experience that's what most people do They, they just ask for the house wine or the cheap wine or you know we'll just have that one and they'll just Point to the first wine on the list.
3: Okay. And what do you think of people when they taste the wine, comment on the flavour and don't just nod their head and kind of go, mm, yes, great. Because it, it's just to check it's corked, isn't it? The yeah, it's just to get... make
2: sure that the, the wine hasn't gone off. Um, so, wine etiquette in general, if it's a corked wine, your server should always ask if you'd like to try the wine. And it's not so much about the flavour, I mean, by all means, enjoy the flavour and the aroma. Um, before kind of saying yes that's what I want but it's less about oh I approve of the wine it's more of yes that's fine to serve it hasn't gone off while Mm. it's been sat on the shelf Um, if it's a screw cap wine or a wax sealed wine there really is no reason it should have gone off so quite often depending on the sort of place that you're you're eating if it's not a corked wine most servers will will be pouring the wine for you but they will do it more out of kind of etiquette rather than the fact that there's a a need to do it Mm.
3: okay well that's us finished
0: well it is apart from i just want to are you one of these waiters who doesn't write it down who keeps the order in their head
2: i am one of those waiters who pretty much remembers what you've ordered but i will scribble down on my pad to make you feel more comfortable oh, such anxiety
0: said. i mean i understand that yeah it's impressive and you're making the job more interesting for yourself but i'm just like just sitting there until the mains come out just thinking something's going to go wrong and i'd say like more than 50 percent of the time something does go slightly wrong
2: so it's, it's it's the chicken scratch i've got chicken scratch so i tend to write the whole meal out in full incredibly quickly so the full title of the meal but I'll write it down really quickly in a a very large sort of swirl which barely makes sense to me or anybody else and then I'll get back to the till do it mostly from memory forget something look at the pad and think what have I written that makes (laughs) no sense whatsoever then I'll look over my shoulder stare at the person for a second or two look back at the pad and go, oh, yeah, that's what they ordered. Oh, and it yeah. will go through the till. Yeah, most most servers, if they've been doing it for a while, don't really need a pad and pen. Um, but we do it more to make sure that everyone feels comfortable that their order has been taken properly. And any good server should repeat your order back to you. So if it's a large table, then they might wait till the end of the order being taken and say, so we've got three of these, two of those, you're having this, sir, you're having that, madam, and all the way through, or... What I like to do is just repeat it back as people say it to me.
1: Yeah. I'm going to
2: have the cheeseburger. Brilliant. One cheeseburger. Just so that you know I've heard what you said. And, and that's your chance. Oh, no, sorry, not that one. The chicken burger, not the cheeseburger. Oh, sorry, my mistake. No worries. One how, chicken burger. How
0: good are you at guessing what somebody's going to order by looking at them? Quite good. Yeah.
2: <sighs> um, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's confirmation bias. It's the amount of times I think I know what someone's right, going to order. Right, right, right. And then they order it and they go, yeah, I knew you were going to order that. The amount of times that I think they're going to order it and they don't and I forget that they didn't order what I thought they were going to say. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. But quite often you can you can tell. There are certain people where if they order a certain dish, you know they're going to ask for a certain type of sauce. There are lots of little little sort of patterns that people fit into Um we all like to think we're quite unique, but actually, including myself, we we all kind of go for little trends and probably don't realise that we sort of settle in little groups of diner. Um, yeah, there there are certain dishes that I know if someone orders something that's breaded chicken, they're going to ask me for barbecue sauce. Um, but there, there's all little weird sort of things like that that you know are going to happen.
0: Well, we're we're pretty much at the end. If you had to give sort of one last thought for drifters in particular in restaurants what would
2: that be oh that's a tough one
0: you know I you, feel you listen like to this I've... podcast you hear people getting themselves worked up about these interactions that they're having with people working in restaurants what's 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 the wisdom you you can impart just sort of a generalized wisdom
2: yeah i mean the the, the main thing i would say is kind of relax and let your server look after you. That's what they're there for. Don't worry, don't threat, you know, kind of be guided by them. As I said earlier, we we've kind of we do this a lot. It's what we do day in, day out with our eyes closed, without it being a problem. You know, if you're awkward in your conversation, we'll be able to make up for it because we've been making conversation all day, every day, around this table. So if you feel a bit awkward, don't worry. It's going to brush us straight by and we're just going to carry on and, and get on with the job at hand so, so kind of don't overthink it you're out to enjoy yourself let your server guide you listen to what they're asking you let them kind of take control of the meal and, and give you what you need um, and, and don't be afraid to ask at the end of the day we are there to serve so if you need something as long as you're polite and friendly you're never going to run into a problem secret
0: waiter thank you so much
2: you're more than welcome thank you
0: And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening, and thank you to the secret waiter. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Let us know what you thought, and also if there are uh, other professions where you would like somebody to come on and give you the inside track. Then maybe that's something we could do. Uh, you know, a couple of times a year, hotel worker. Yeah, oh. so yeah, hotel worker would be great. Oh. Yeah, so uh, any of these, do do feel free to suggest. Uh, It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. And um, I finished just by reiterating
3: 6%. 6%.
0: Podication time. Uh, This comes from Helen Shrewsbury, who says, I live in New Zealand, having emigrated here over 20 years ago from the UK, and I'm a keen listener and a socially awkward drifter. Uh, We do occasionally get non-socially awkward drifters, but they're few and far between. My husband, Stephen Prendergast, and I will be flying to. The, that's a good name, isn't it? Prendegast, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. Um, I'll be flying to the UK in a few weeks' time, sixth of March. So I'm currently downloading early episodes of the podcast for the long flight. We're at the start of a lifetime dream, and I would love a publication on or around the twenty seventh of February. So we're a day early, right?
3: On or around, yeah. Thereabouts.
0: <laughs> we I mean, we can't adjust the date of the podcast. No, no, no sorry. <laughs> as this is Steve's birthday, a birthday that coincidentally he shared with my late mother, a wonderful woman whom Steve, has, uh, who Steve never met, as I had only just met him when my mum passed away two and a half years ago. The two of these beautiful people have enabled us to fulfil our dream to buy a boat in Europe and live on board as we slowly sail back to New Zealand, exploring many wonderful countries as we make our slow passage back. That sounds uh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. I met a couple in the summer who, I think they were both doctors, and they'd taken two years out of the career to sail a catamaran with their two kids, oh, wow. I think a daughter of about six and a son of about four, you know, across the Atlantic, and we were in um, in, a, in a place... In, uh, in New York and Long Island and they were there and then they were off to the Caribbean next but they've been all it just seemed idyllic wow so exciting I, that you're doing, doing this
3: that
0: yeah I mean I wouldn't be good at like all the pulling the ropes no and me
3: stuff, neither that's why I was writing
0: yeah. Uh Steve and I were married on the 18th of January on a remote hillside uh, overlooking Akaroa Harbour and the South Island on a friend's property with a good friend conducting the ceremony sounds wonderful it was a truly special day, not only because I married a man I love with all my heart, who makes me laugh, and loves me unconditionally, but because it was in front of a close of close family and friends, many of whom we will not see again for several years as we start our adventures on your side of the world. What a thing! I'm a bit overwhelmed. I don't know. I'm easily overwhelmed, but a bit overwhelmed by the story.
3: Look at the photo. Look, there's a photo for you to look at. Oh, let's see. <gasps> I know. It's amazing.
0: Oh, wow. This is a photo of the wedding. And I mean, it sounds every bit as idyllic as they describe it. You know, sometimes when you read things like this, you think, yeah, but I bet it wasn't as nice as you're making out. <laughs> and then you look at this photo it. and it looks even more spectacular. And they look so joyful. Wow. Um, I want Steve to know that together we will conquer the fears and dramas that lay ahead of us. I'm looking forward to living in the moment and watching the numerous sunrises and sunsets together as we explore the many new lands that we will be blown to along our journey and continue to be entertained by a drift as we ourselves drift through the oceans. Thank you. And, yeah, she says, I attach a a photo of the ceremony which sums up the happiness of a wedding day. It really does. It's just a a fantastic photo. You both look just... Yeah, in your element. Well, there we go. Um, This is is quite the thing you're embarking on.
3: A big adventure.
0: I'm guessing seasick. These don't seem like people will be getting seasick, do they? You can get
3: those bands, can't you? That's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, yeah, get a
0: band. But... Have a wonderful time. I mean, can can you let us know how it goes? Can you get in touch via Portishead radio? <laughs> Could you send out something by a Morse code? I, I don't know, but, I mean, updates would be great. I mean, mm. just a couple of years. Mm, yeah, that'd be lovely. And some more photos. Oh, yes, please. Congratulations. Um, yeah, um, happy birthday to Steve and, uh, you know, great memories of your mum and, I just think you're you're in for, this this is the stuff of a lifetime, isn't mm. it? What a great thing to be doing. Uh so there we go. Latest edition of the podcast from uh the to Helen Shrewsbury. Um sorry. I'm so Mom. distracted by the story, I'm getting all my words jumbled up. Uh and I was up at three forty five this know, morning. <laughs> it's the other reason. The mm. other reason I'm getting so emotional as well. Uh Helen Shrewsbury to Stephen Prendergast. Bon voyage. Yes.